Dear Diary, today I took the first step, the first step in becoming an ADHD coach. I can't actually quite believe it. I want to learn, grow and build something extraordinary. I think this journey will be... Shh, the Indigo Diaries. Dear Diary, welcome wild to the Indigo Diaries. And welcome to the second episode of our second series, The World Through a Trainee's Coach's Eyes. If you didn't join us for the first episode, then cut right now and go back. Or just carry on. It's okay. I'm easy. And my name's Natasha Hicklin, but everyone calls me Tasha. So this podcast is for those who want to learn about ADHD through others' experiences. In the first series, we learn through each other's experiences in a different diary where people reflect on their life of dealing with this condition. In this series, well, the title says it all through a trainee's coach's eyes. So we left last week. I'm just going to kick it straight off because I'm trying to trying to make these 15 minutes or 20 minutes long. So I, I want to get straight in there. So the course kicked off last week and everyone was settling in and the overwhelm came of starting a new course. I'm also finishing another course. So it was kind of like, ah, and then the pandemic going back to work. It was all up very much. So it started. But as soon as I started the course, everything just kind of settled down and all the overwhelm just started to lift. I always find that everybody always says this anyway. So you're probably going to know this and you're probably going to be nodding your head when I say this. But getting started is always the hardest. It's that overwhelm before. But I always find that when you when you take that first step that we talked about last week, you can really start to see how things might progress. And I realized that in the first session, I was like a cheerleader. I probably looked like an absolute lunatic. I was like clapping like, woohoo. I think my partner was like, what are you doing? <laughs> I started clapping everybody's stories. I think I cried at one point. And as soon as I heard people's stories and I saw everybody there, I felt like I'd been doing it for ages. It's like when you meet a new friend and everyone goes, oh, I feel like I've known you for years. And that's how I felt. I felt like I've been doing this for ages. So this week started and we started to explore the term of what ADHD is and the history that led us there. So when I saw this topic, the history, I was like, oh my goodness. All I kept thinking was reading, 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 facts, dates, reading, reading, facts, dates. Yeah, that doesn't sit well with me. Work in memory, interest, executive functions, long-term memory, I can go on for hours. So um, I was a bit dreading it. And then I saw the reading and it was visual timelines. I quite like timelines. I find them quite interesting. And I was so focused because I'm interested in this topic. I think that always helps anyway. Um, I know that a lot of people say that ADHD is a, you know, a de- I say defect and I'm doing inverted commas. It's kind of like a defect of interest rather than attention. But, and because I was interested, I absolutely like just hyper-focused on it. And I wanted to learn more, more, more. So let's get into it, okay? So ADHD, we talked about this last week, stands for attention, deficit hyperactive disorder but it's not always been called it you've probably heard many many different terms for it however a lot of people used to call it ADD and ADD was used to describe 
the inattentive type that doesn't have hyperactivity. But I'm going to, I'm getting ahead of myself. So ADHD has three subcategories, hyperactivity and impulsivity, inattentive and combined. So combined is a, is a, well, a combination of those two. It is a medical term to describe this neurological disorder of the mind or body. Some people don't use, like to use that word disorder. Um, it is a, it's a condition or a, a way of being, you know, however you want to uh, view it. But they use the word disorder of the mind and the body. And I thought that that was a really nice way to look at it. It's not just the mind, but also the body and how the body affects from it. Um, and I, this was the bit that got to me. It said, it's hard in history as mental and physical disorders are not always taken the same by society, medical professionals, and really a lot of people. And I just couldn't stop. I actually like, like put my hands on the table and started clapping and was like, yes, 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 yes. People, I always find that um, in my experience that sometimes it's hard to believe what you can't see and what you can't understand it's like a fear magnet it's like I can't understand this okay I'm not going to do it or I I can't see it so I can't believe it because we're always told to only believe what you can see you know it's like dealing with anything like with your imagination and things like that and that's why always people think that we should be able to manage our symptoms and we should be able to control them and what I really like that they did here was they said things like asthma, things like physical disorders. You wouldn't ask someone to just manage it. Oh, just manage your asthma. You don't need your inhaler. Just manage it. So why would you ask someone that has ADHD to manage their life without, oh, don't, you don't need meds. Just manage it. You wouldn't say to someone with asthma, oh, don't have your inhaler. Just manage it yourself. And it's because, you know, when when I have asthma. So when I have asthma, you have an asthma attack. So people can see you having that attack. So they go, oh my goodness, I need this. What about those moments in our lives where my brain completely shuts down of overwhelm or the pressure, or it gets hijacked emotionally. And I'm in one of those states where I cannot move. And it's pain when I'm bored, it's painful. And Sometimes when you express that, people go, oh, it's just in your head. I used to have that a lot when I was young. It's just in your head. And it's like, it's not just in our heads, but people are not, cannot see inside your head. Sometimes uh, as soon as I, I saw that this, what it said, I was like, oh my goodness, that is probably one of the biggest things in the biggest stigma with ADHD is the fact that people can't see it. So they cannot believe it. And that's where a lot of the misconceptions come from, I find. And I just, it just resonated with me so much. And I just couldn't really, you know, believe that because I've heard that so many times from people in the group or from myself of these people saying, try this, try that, just do it. This is where I just can't, just try. And it's like, I can't. And it's because people can't sometimes cannot believe what they cannot see. And I really wish sometimes that I could just open my brain and be like, right, just look. Okay, now do you get it? I can't do it. 
but sometimes we can't really use those words, especially when we're in one of those moments. I know I can't anyway. Then this question they ask straight after, what's your main challenges in your own ADHD? And I was like, oh my goodness, what an open-ended question. Where do I start? Here, 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 here. I, I don't just see my ADHD as a challenge, but that's what this question asked me. I see it as a positive as well, but we'll get to that later on. And I was like, oh my goodness, where do I begin? For me, my biggest challenge was always my emotion regulation. And then when I got diagnosed and emotional regulation, which we'll get to later on, is not in the DSM-5, which is the diagnostic American criteria, was not there. I didn't really know what to do. And then when I started to, you know, reach out to other people and seeing that, wow, that's their biggest thing, then I really started to like have a lot of, uh, a lot of acceptance with it. But for me, my biggest is my emotions. Probably my second is my focus uh, of sitting down for a long period of time. So I have um, predominantly combined presentation. So um, I have a lot of that hyperactivity. Another one is mine when I go from thought to thought to thought when I'm very, when I get bombarded cognitively. Um, another one is the overwhelm feeling when my brain just shuts down. Sometimes I'm hyper-focusing for too long. Um, I get confused. I very, very easily I get confused. And that's because I usually <laughs> miss the finer details. I would say I'm quite good at organizing myself, but I'm very bad at prioritizing. I say, yes, 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 yes. And then realize I actually don't have time or the energy. Another one is my energy. I have a lot of it, but I never used to utilize it in the correct way. I would always get drained from other things, which will go on later. So that's probably some of my hardest. That's probably six. I've probably got about a hundred perfectionism, this, this, this. I could go on for hours, but I'm not going to do that. I'm going to keep going, but I will keep going after the break. The last two sessions, I kept forgetting to have a break. So we're going to stop here. We're going to take a break and I'll join you after the break. We're going to start to look at what, what was ADHD referred to in the past? I found this very interesting and I hope you do too. And we're out. If you would like any information on Indigo support group, check out the website below for our link to our Facebook page or email at indigo.adhd2020 at gmail.com If you would like to offer any comments or feedback or if you are interested in the world hearing your story then please reach out either through the group or through our email As said before have a good week check in again later Indigo's And we're back. And I just have to say, before we go on, I'm so proud of myself that for the first time in three sessions, that's the trailer and the first episode, that I actually remembered to take a break 
Whoop, whoop. I was so proud and I've not even got a reminder. I thought to myself, I need to have a reminder, but then I actually got started and then forgot to make the reminder. <laughs> so the history. So I was very overwhelmed when I first saw that word history. I, I always just thought of that pain of history class in school. Oh my goodness, in 1952 and 3,000, ah. So, but I could remember all this off the top of my head. Um, so really it comes with the DSM-5. So the DSM-5 is the diagnostic criteria for, um, for different disorders. And, um, but it's, it's used nationwide, like uh, all over the world. And um, it's had several names. So it started with the first one in 1952. And they had the name of minimal brain function. Let me just say that again. Minimal brain function. Like what? I, when I saw that, I was like, what? But we're going to get onto that later. I can't keep going on for everyone. Then it was called hyperkinetic reaction of childhood. Then it was ADD, which is basically attention, uh, which is basically attention deficit disorder without the hyperactivity. And then it moved on to the subtypes. It's either inattentive type, hyperactivity and impulsivity or combined. And then in 2013, the DSM-5 said, do you know what? ADHD can go on into adulthood. That is literally seven years ago. Until seven years ago, people didn't believe that adults could have ADHD. People thought you grow out of it. So in seven years, that is very, very recent in history. And I actually couldn't really quite believe that. Like seven years ago, I was 21 and I got diagnosed with um, dyslexia and dyspraxia. And I always wondered when I was diagnosed with ADHD, how and why they didn't pick that up. So this gave me a lot of kind of, a lot of kind of internal peace when I read that, that it probably just wasn't known. And then the next one. Now, there's not really types anymore. They say predominantly presentations. So they've gone from three types to three predominant presentations because I think that a lot of them can overlap. So like people with inattentive can still have hyperactivity and impulsivity tendencies, but not to the point of, you know, more of cognitive um, hyperactivity internal. So after I read all this, my head was like, what? We've gone from this, this, to this, to this, to this. And if you look back, minimal brain function to ADHD is very worldly different. And I couldn't really wrap my head around it. Then at the end, it said, in 50 years, it's come a long way. And knowing about the past, how has it helped you? And I was like, oh my goodness, um, I don't even know. Now, when I think back, and I think all of those things of how far it's come, like, can you imagine being diagnosed as a child with minimal brain function? Like minimal means like, well, everybody, minimal brain function, like your brain can't 
only has a minimal capacity and like you're like less your brain works less than other people and then you go to hyperkinetic reaction of childhood like it's a reaction of being a child and then we came to ADD and then ADHD and then this and this for me it gave me a lot of peace with the fact that seven years ago when I was diagnosed with dyslexia and dyspraxia that ADHD was not really seen in adults and to see how far it's come I just think that in 50 years time and I'll be like 80 in 50 years time of how far it's gonna go and that gives me hope I think that there's so much good stuff out there now but there is still much more stigma, misconceptions, not believing. And the number one for me is just closed minds. And with a lot of other disorders, everything's kind of come a long way, but I just feel that with ADHD, there's still so much unknown and there's still so much wrong information and that was the next thing they asked us. What questions does it raise? It raises how in seven years is there still this misconception that you're going to grow out of it? How is this still a misconception that people still don't believe it? Even after 50 years, yes, it might have been called something else back then, it's still seen like a minimal brain disorder. How is it that in 50 years, it's still seen as something wrong with you? And it gave me a lot of hope that in 50 years, it's going to be better. But it also gave me a lot of doubt and still a lot of questions that are unanswered. And I think that that's what this course is meant to do. It's meant to challenge you. It's meant to see things through different lenses. And it's meant to see where kind of your opinions, your views, your experiences fit in. So right now I'm kind of in the middle. It's nice to know about those past, but then it's also kind of hard to see the challenge and the hope. So another week, many more questions, some answered some many many more questions i have a big list of questions and i'm sure you do too next week i'll be discussing about adhd and the diagnosis process across a lifespan and worldwide because that's a real big thing i find for a lot of people and i'm really excited that they've started with this they've started with the basics but the basics that actually are practical for your life and hopefully for one day clients life to give advice on and the fact that it's worldwide just says everything to me. So my encouragement for this week is the more you know about the past, the better prepared you are for the future. And I, that's by Theodore Roosevelt. And I really hope that that is a true thing with this, with when it comes to ADHD. The, knowing, the more we know about what has happened, the better we are going to prepare for the next few years to come and for things like minimal brain disorder to not come back. The only way is up.
That's what I see anyway. It's been really nice to speak with you to verbal process yet again. I hope that you come back next week. You learn, you listen and experience the world through the eyes of a coaching training. Why not, hey? What we got to lose? So it's been really great, Indigos. And I really look forward to hopefully, well, I was going to say seeing you all next week, but uh, speaking to you all next week through wherever you are in the world. Stay safe in these hard times and have a great week. And just think that one more step into that future, you're going in the right direction. And we're out. Dear Diary, as the training process goes on, it makes me stop and wonder, could there be more for us, more light, more possibilities and a place where we can truly be ourselves. I think this journey will be 